everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Wrestling Archives podcast. I'm your co-host, Tim Hackman. And I'm your co-host, Rich Sigball. Great to be back with you. We hope you checked out our recent episodes. We talked about the collision in Korea, an absolutely bonkers show. Uh, we also had a chance to have a fantastic conversation with the hoss of all hosses, uh, Devontes, from uh, right here in VCW Virginia Championship Wrestling. We've always got more fun stuff on the way for you. We have a really uh, a fun one to talk about with you today. We're talking about the WCCW Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions from 1984, way back May 684 at the Texas Stadium of Irving, Texas. Uh, we went to this one because of all the, you know, the buzz around the Iron Claw and the Von Erich family out there. I thought, well, it'd be good to go back and watch, uh, you know, them maybe at their at their peak um, of sort of broader popularity than than just within Texas. So um, I'm glad we did. This was a this was a good one to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, so thanks for Rich suggested this one, which I thought was a really good idea. This this whole event held a, a very interesting little spot in wrestling history it's um you know in honor of the passing of david von eric who was uh, the initial challenger to rick flair on this card um this is one of the last uh times that the nwa championship faces a challenger from outside of jim crocker promotions as um at the time Jim Crocker Promotions had pretty much bought up all the territories at this time to try and uh, fight with um, Vince McMahon. And uh, so he, Jim Crockett laid down the law shortly after this that like the NWA titles is going to be on a Jim Crocker Promotion guy. Uh, but uh, Kerry Von Erich, spoiler, beats Ric Flair in a super emotional, very supercharged match uh, at the end of this show and holds on to the belt for 18 days before they have a rematch in, uh, Yokosuka, Japan. I think I pronounced that right. Yokosuka, maybe. Got me. Takeshita? Yeah. Uh, no, not that that's guy. That's the other guy. That's okay. Takeshita. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. uh, and that's where Flair wins the belt back after a 30 minute marathon of a match that like has a little bit of a, a funky ending, but not too much. Uh, and then from that point on, the NWA title stays on a Jim Crockett promotions. And then uh, a few years after that becomes World Championship Wrestling uh, heavyweight title. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's about the, the history of this event. There's just not much out there about this show, uh, which is kind of surprising because it's it's a good show. Yeah. Um, so WCCW started in 66 in Dallas by uh, Fritz von Eric Fritz. Uh, Adkison, I think is his actual last name. Yeah, Adkison. Um, and uh, this was so this parade of champions name kind of was kicking around uh, from the I don't know from the sixties, right? Um, actually, yeah. maybe before uh, WCCW started, uh, it was the um, it was promoted by Southwest Sports for a couple of times, and then a company called Big Time Wrestling. Um, the one right before this one, it was no, it was called the Super Bowl of Wrestling, which I think is pretty good. Like, I'm, I was making jokes uh, this past week of Super Bowl weekend about the, this being the WrestleMania of uh, football. Uh, <laughs> nobody ever goes the other way. It's always the Super Bowl of this, the Super Bowl of that. What about the WrestleMania of football? It's the Daytona 500 of wrestling. It's the... <laughs> yeah. You know. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, so this is the Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions is the first one by that title. Um, as you said, David Von Erich was, you know, on a rocket. He was 25 years old. They sent him off to Japan to sort of work his way up uh, and kind of get ready to, to fight Flair for the title. Um, he, of course, uh, contracted some sort of viral uh, enteritis, I guess they call it. So it's most common from um, eating something that has uh, has microbes or whatever in it and kind of turned into a, uh, a digestive, you know, inf- infection and it ended up killing him. Um, very, you know, very young, very tragic. Uh, and so, you know, obviously his family was trying to sort of put the pieces back together. That was February of 84. The show is May 6, 84. So still, you know, very fresh, I'm sure, very painful for um, both the family and the the fans, you know, to think about how just how huge the Von Erichs were in that particular region and uh, how much a part of daily life their their promotion was and these and those boys. Um, so it's you know it's cool to see it here. Um, it's very you know like I said, it's very sad in a way, um, but I think you know they do a good job of putting together a show that kind of. Uh, you know, honors David David's memory and gives the Von Erich boys really a chance to shine. Yeah, there is some controversy around David's death. Apparently, Ric Flair claims in his autobiography that um, Bruiser Brody, who was a friend of the Von Erichs, removed any kind of evidence of a possible drug overdose that was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they suspected uh, the theory was was that he overdosed possibly on hydrocodone, uh, but. Uh, Brody showed up and removed all the drug paraphernalia before uh, mm. the uh, people could get there. But the Von Erichs do claim that it was caused by a ruptured intestine from uh, acute enteritis, as you said. And yeah. uh, that is the actual uh, cause of death listed on the consular report because he died in Japan. Yeah. Interesting. I hadn't heard that either way. Not great. <laughs> no. Um, and the, you know, the, the family the, of tragedies, the Ugh. family of tragedies, you know, I didn't realize. So he had a, um, he had a first wife. He was only 25. He's married to his first wife, Candy. Um, they had a daughter who died of, uh, sudden infant death syndrome at like two months old. Um, I know like this family hasn't been through enough. When you have a kid, they talk to you so much about SIDS. That yeah. it's it's absolutely terrifying. They scare the bejesus out of you with everything, <laughs> and so like you end up. Part of the reason why we didn't sleep when we first brought our kid home was this because we we're terrified of SIDS because like they're like, yeah. well, if he doesn't, if he sleeps at more than a ten degree angle, <laughs> he could develop SIDS and die. If he rolls over, he could have SIDS and die. If he doesn't face north by northeast <laughs> and fall asleep on a prime number, he could develop SIDS and die. So what's the what's the effect? Not to get off on a tangent or anything, because I know there's been different. Uh, Pat Oswald does a um, a bit about this about like back to sleep versus you know. I've always, it was, people always put babies on their stomach for the longest time. And then there was a thought that that was sort of created these like pockets where you, you're basically just breathing your own um, yep. CO2 and then you, then they die from that. Is it still put the kid on the back? Is that what's the. So right now, right now they say put the kid on their back. Um, and the terrifying thing was that our child would roll off of his, after he started rolling just the slightest bit, the moment you laid him down on his back, he would roll over and we're like, (laughs) Oh God. And we would, we would roll him back over and right back over, he would go. Mm. And so eventually we talked to the pediatrician and the pediatrician was like, well, if he's able to roll on his own, he will be, he's also able to roll back on his own and recognize that he can't breathe and he'll move. 
it's like oh okay so we we shouldn't we shouldn't worry and like no don't worry it's okay yeah. because like you have to make sure your child sleeps on a on a flat hard surface which because not just because of SIDS but because of like their bones are growing and like if their body can conform to like whatever cushion is their bones might not grow straight or their joints might misalign Jesus and suddenly they just like dislocate a shoulder while they're sleeping and like this is horrible but eventually <laughs> we did get him a slightly softer little pad for his uh for his bassinet and he started sleeping much better and the doctor was like yeah that's fine it's like okay okay like, you know do what's 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 best for your baby like but this blog says that i might murder my baby and this blog (laughs) so yeah yeah well so that's that's our uh, we're not we're not doctors we're not pediatricians uh but uh the doctors say say back to sleep these days yeah i feel Uh, for them ask your ask your doctor about it anyway that was terrible um so let's let's get into the show. Attendance on this thing is thirty two thousand one hundred twenty three. So big show, big stadium. Um, it's not remotely full, um, but thirty two thousand is a lot of people. Yeah, I mean they're blasting away the the announcers blasting away that there's fifty thousand people. This is the biggest audience ever to attend a wrestling event, and he's probably right. Yeah, maybe, maybe thirty two thousand is the paid attendance. We'll put it that way, right? Like, right. Who knows how many people jumped the turnstiles or came in through the back door? Um, the the other thing about this show is the um the barrier between the crowd and the the ring is just like a, a piece of clothesline it's or like rope. A rope yeah <laughs> just to, it's, it's not great it's, it's it's not secure at all and you, the no. the wrestlers actually lift up the rope to go under they cut down the aisle to get back to the locker room and like there's no actual real aisle it's just <laughs> a cop a single cop just kind of like pushing fans to the side a bit so yeah, that they can get through good, good times um so yeah the um so we watch this on youtube it's not on the peacock presumably so there are there are some wcw shows on the peacock under the wwe banner correct there are like the 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 star wars ones are on there yeah which i'm surprised like gonna just put up a show called star wars like what are you doing but uh yeah for some reason this one is not up there i you know i could make the similar speculation that people make about them not having collision in korea up there that like the huge attendance kind of kind of breaks breaks wwe's story narrative that like you know this is the this is the stuff um that like WWE always held the attendance records all the way through when it's clear that that's bullshit. Um, it, it could be that it could be lack of quality of recording to put up. This wasn't the best yeah. recording. And this, re- this recording though, I feel like was ripped from the WWE network. Cause at one point it does have that WWE like thing that pops up that says uh, this broadcast is brought to you to in the best of quality as possible and in its most complete form a uh, little little thing that they put flash yeah, up on be, these shows because of technical difficulties with the original or blah 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 whatever right. it says yeah something like that so i don't know why this one is not up there maybe it's there in international markets where they hmm. still use wwe mark wwe network yeah. Uh, but here, since they used the Peacock, they didn't put it on Peacock for some reason. Who knows? Uh, know. This is definitely one of the 
title changes that the WWE and the NWA recognize. So it's not like they're trying to hide that. Yeah. So I don't know Uh what's up with that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little weird. Um, and you know, but for being a YouTube uh, thing, it's not, it's not terrible. Actually, you can watch it. It's not, it's not a complete mess. There's a part later that I wish technical difficulties had obscured, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, We, I, I also kind of hope that that was the issue of why it looked so bad, that it was uh-huh. technical difficulties. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Um, so there is a match that's not on the YouTube version, and I just, I just wanted to mention it just because it has some fun stuff in it. Um, it's uh, Kelly Kanitsky, who is the older brother of, of course, you know, legend Gene Kanitsky, versus a guy by the name of Johnny Mantell. So Mantell uh, had a ton of gimmicks over the years. He was the hood. He was a destroyer. He was number one and number two destroyer. He was cowboy Johnny Mantell. He was the pride of Montague County. He was trained by his brother, Ken Mantell, who's, um, who had a wrestling school. And uh, he's still uh, so alive and active, sort of behind the scenes. He was wrestling from 76 to 2005 so what is what is that 20 that's a long time yeah almost 24 years. maths third oh 20, 29 years sorry um anyway and he only stopped in 2005 because he has a really bad he had a really bad car car accident he's involved with the professional wrestling hall of fame and museum so anyway johnny cowboy johnny mantel pride of montague county so we hardly knew you I'm going to jump in now so I don't have to do it while editing this episode is that uh, Kelly Kaniski is the elder son of Gene Kaniski, not his brother. Um, But yeah, yeah, at least according to the Wikipedia, uh, Kelly is, is Gene's son. Wikipedia led me astray. So, Oh, the elder son. You're right. I'm sorry. So just, just so that it's out there that, you know, I don't have to edit that later. Um, yeah, no, I just misread that, actually. He yeah. worked for Mid- Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, too. Just yeah, so our pal David, I'm sure David knows him. Yeah. David Crockett, I'm sure, knows this guy. We should ask him. Yeah. He's also still kicking around. Yep. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. So the first match we actually see is uh, Chris Adams, Gentleman Chris Adams, uh, as he's sometimes known, and Sunshine versus Jimmy Garvin and Precious, which I typed in my notes as previous, which makes sense to spell check, but not in context, uh, in a mixed tag team match. Um, so this one's, I don't know, this one's kind of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, there's a sign alert. Uh, you know, I don't really think of like fan signs this early on, but there's an, I heart Chris Adams sign. Uh, he is a, a handsome, uh, but nondescript dude. Um, he had feuds with a lot of, uh, I think he feuded with, uh, Kevin Von Erich and, or I don't know. He, he was, Definitely in the mix there in the in the WCCW uh, roster for a long yeah. time. Yeah, and looks like this is Jimmy Garvin before his time with the fabulous Freebirds. And um, I had always wondered if there was a connection between Jimmy Garvin and Ron Garvin. Now, Kayfabe, apparently, for a while, they were brothers. Mm-hmm. But in reality, Ron is uh, Jimmy's stepbrother, stepfather. Oh. So... Um, Ronnie Garvin, Fists of Steel, Fists of Stone, I think he was. Uh, Garvin is uh, uh, Jimmy Garvin's uh, stepdad. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> God, all these relations, all I these know. families. It's the South, man. Gavin looks like, uh, <clears throat> Garvin looks like a maniac. He's got like a, a magnificent mane of hair, yeah. beard. Um, I don't know. The crowd is into this one. The crowd pops big time for the the first time Chris uh, tags in Sunshine. Um, they were they were waiting for that one. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this uh, crowd is is amped up. I don't know 
if they were handing out heavy drugs at the gates coming in, like some sort of like uppers, lots of uppers or something. <laughs> but man, they've been drinking Lone Star since noon. Ooh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. They're ready. Yeah. They are definitely ready. They got a bad case of heartburn in there. They're ready to take it out. Um, Precious is really good at getting heat, but she doesn't know how to work. She botches a couple of things. No. She gets a slingshot into the turnbuckle that she kind of fucks up, um, and she does some other things later. And she's she's like running around and, and acting crazy, which is really all you uh, you wanted her to do. Um, Chris does this weird leg drop where he like lands on his back at the same time. Like I don't, I feel like yeah. that's, that's that's just hurting yourself. Um, so yeah during this match uh the commentator um who i don't think we ever get introduced to uh Mm -hmm. spoils the main event finish so uh we know that we're not watching this uh a live broadcast so well he's just like and that's right ladies and gentlemen later on you'll see carrie von eric beat rick flair for the world championship like (laughs) dude come on thanks dickhead (laughs) Damn it. I don't need to watch the rest of the show now. Yeah. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, so Chris, uh, Chris, yeah, does that leg drop. He reverses a pile driver into a body drop. He tags Sunshine in again, uh, and Garvin trips her up, which he's not allowed. He's not allowed to touch the, you know, the female. Um, yeah. And then he holds her up so Precious can slap her around, which I just personally found very rude. I didn't like that at all. Um, I missed the pin because Sunshine is like tossing Precious out of the ring and everybody's paying attention to that. Uh, yeah. But but Chris does get the the pin and the win there. So, yeah, and then uh uh Sunshine chases both Garvin and Precious down the aisle and starts pounding on them in the middle of the crowd, <laughs> which is yeah, a great finish to a match. Yeah, and everybody runs off into the tunnel. It was great. Very yeah. chaotic. It's a good finish. Um the next one is is a couple of like stud muffins, Butch Reed, uh who we just lost not too long ago, uh, versus Chick Donovan who looks like, how would you describe Chick Donovan? He's got like this kind of blonde, um, long, like straight blonde hair. He's got like um, a uh, sleeveless t-shirt. He looks kind of like he's trying to do like a rock and roll kind of thing. Maybe he's a hippie. I I was trying, I couldn't figure it out, um, but he's like, he's huge and jacked. Yeah, he's definitely in like really good shape. He's... I don't know. I would almost say like he's still stuck in the seventies in his look a bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It could be. I don't yeah, and yeah. Uh, I found some other pictures of him. He's like, he's got kind of like gold lame, and you know that sort of yeah. thing. It's um, a little, little Lex Luger-ish. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can see that. Yeah, um, I think that's where I some, would go. There's some pictures of him that came out like. I think it was maybe just a year or two ago where he's 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 still all jacked. He's seventy six years old, but his face is just is not good. It's like the crypt the crypt keeper. Yeah. Don't don't Google it, people. You'll Mr. you'll regret it. Like Mr. Burns on The Simpsons or something. <laughs> it's not good. Poor chick. But yeah. anyway. Uh yeah, so these guys get into it. Um did you like this one? I can't remember actually what happened. Um, yeah, I thought um, Butch Reed was doing a good job being a heel, just working the crowd really good. Um, there was some good momentum uh, shifts between the two. There was definitely a fan. I'm pretty sure was screaming racial epithets during during the match. Mm. Uh, I heard a guy say, get on him, you stupid. Mm. And then suddenly it became very inaudible. Um <laughs> 
I'm glad they did that at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a standard like Hoss match. Big good. Yeah. To, to, to take the take the term from our our friend Devontes, uh, it was a Hoss match. That's that's what this was. Two big old guys being big old guys. <laughs> yeah, Hoss of all Hosses. Um, and uh, yeah, so Butch Reed takes this one in about just a little under four and a half minutes. So it's it's pretty short to get right to it. Um, by contrast, this next one lasts forever. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Kamala, the Ugandan giant, of course, with Skandar Akbar and Friday, who's the guy in like the weird, um, the pith helmet and the mask. And oh, they didn't call him Kimchi; they called him Friday. Yes, that's what it says on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, sometimes he's hmm. Kimchi. Um, we think, like, I know we know that what downtown Bruno was um, was in the mask. Sometimes it's been other people. Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, versus the great Kabuki with Gary Hart. Uh, so Kabuki comes in and it does an awesome, like, outfit, like, uh, Japanese, uh, mask and like the whole, the whole gimmick. Um, they, they bill him from Singapore, the greatest martial arts expert in the world. Yeah. He's, uh, wearing his melting pot of sin garb. Oh, and the commentator says, "I'm reluctant to say two men when these are really beasts." Hmm. And that also Kabuki's face makeup covers scars of his childhood from growing up in the melting pot of sin. Okay, they're really driving home this melting pot of sin business. Is that Singapore? Um, maybe. <laughs> Could be Hong Kong. Yeah. Like the Kowloon just, uh, district of Hong Kong, maybe. I don't know. The only thing I know about Singapore is I appreciate their rice noodles. Singapore noodles, they're very uh, spicy. I know that's where Crazy Rich Asians took place, and, and my oh. wife loves that movie. And I honestly kind of love that movie, too. And she <laughs> wants to go to Singapore desperately. And I'm just like, I don't think I can eat without gluten there. Mm-mm. I think it's going to be trouble. I'm pretty sure she can't eat vegetarian there, either. Everything's going to have fish sauce in it for sure. I don't know. That's one of those places like Hong Kong. I would just be kind of terrified to visit. It's like too big. It's too, it's too much, you know, like. I think I'd feel safer in Hong, in, in Singapore than Hong Kong, especially now that Hong Kong's Chinese. Like uh, a friend of mine went to Hong Kong years and years ago for a math conference. I don't know why they need (laughs) math conferences. Like two plus two is four still. Um, But like. He what apparently got served like undercooked shrimp and like was basically trying to down as much anti-diarrheal medicine on the flight as possible. Oh no! But all the packaging was in Chinese, and he had to basically try to like mime to a pharmacist what was happening to him, oh. and then and then he's on the flight home with diarrhea oh, from God. Hong Kong to DC. Oh no! And, that's my favorite country song, Diarrhea from Hong Kong to DC. Yeah. He he survived. So good for him. Mm. But yeah. yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of the um sort of the uh what, what do I want to say? The exoticizing, the every everybody in, in this match is uh well so Kamala is deadly, cannibalistic, and unpredictable. Uh and later he says he's aggressive and cannibalistic and I don't know, they they kept they really leaning into the uh, uncomfortable stereotypes in this match. Oh um, yeah, but I, mean, I will it's say Texas, so that's a good cheap way to get heat. 
down yeah. there. I will say that Kabuki has has double nunchucks that he uses pretty uh, pretty impressively. He does like the little flipping him around thing, and the crowd seems to like that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, this match is boring. Yeah, I thought this was weird that the match was between two heels. Yeah, um, that's a very odd choice for booking here. Like the crowd, so then the crowd doesn't really care who wins. Um, Kamala does get his famous uh, patented. We've talked about it before. The titty grab. Yep. And on Kabuki and it looks incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Very painful looking. It's like, Jesus, don't squeeze me like that ever. Nobody <laughs> ever. No, please don't, don't do that. Um, it, it, it's a, it looks great and I'm sure it doesn't yeah. hurt at all, or maybe it's mildly uncomfortable and awkward, but like, yeah. it does not look fun. Um, he, he clamps that thing on forever too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I feel like Kabuki got angry too at some point in this match because he starts kicking Kamala in the stomach and they are legit full on shin top of the foot kicks into Kamala's stomach at full speed. No, no pullback. Um, Kamala's tummy had to be hurting after this match. <laughs> Jesus. Uh yeah. Uh yeah, there's there's a lot of just kind of long, you know, the there's a big long bear hug, the yeah. the pectoral thing lasts forever. Uh at at the end Gary Hart jumps in and they they team up on Kamala which causes a disqualification. Um Kabuki is sort of the uh the predecessor to um what's his face? Uh, who just had his retirement. Great Muda. Yeah, the great mood. He was the first guy to do the the spitting of the mist uh, yeah. thing and the face pain and the karate pants and he's sort of the the martial artist from the from the far east, the far east, um, the yeah. oriental lad, um, as they'll frequently <laughs> That's later. say. Yeah, That's later. that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. Um, yeah, chaos just breaks out when like Gary Hart for no reason really attacks Kimchi. Yeah. And then attacks Akbar, who climbed into the ring for some reason. And then Hart starts even beating on Kamala at one point in this. Like, he's just, like, had a mental breakdown. <laughs> and this is it. Gary Hart is going to take everybody out. So, yeah. Yeah. Everybody in this match is dead except for Kabuki, who is 75. So, and so this match is 12 minutes long, which is too fucking long. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, the Junkyard Dog, little JYD versus the Missing Link with Skandar Akbar. Um, it's uh, I was super excited to get the the DOG. Uh, we don't get grab them cakes, unfortunately. There's no uh, no music for him on this. No music at all. There's no actually. There's hardly any music in this whole thing except yeah. for um, the Freebirds and the, the Von Erichs later. That's that's very yep. sad. And I, I remember the missing link from WWF back in the day, but I don't believe we watched a show with him on it today. No, this is our first time seeing him, I believe. He's yeah. uh he looks kind of like the barbarian. He um does. but he's got a bozo to clown like hair where he's got <laughs> tufts of hair out the side and a big tuft of hair in the middle. It um, looks like the barber had like a seizure mid haircut and just just went all over the place yeah i mean i always have respect for these guys that do that because i mean that's not a look you can just do on the weekend yeah right like that's a that's a a look you have going to the grocery store and that's the look you have going to um you know the doctor and you know like 
these are looks that are going to get people wondering if you need medication of some sort. (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, there's a guy in Adrenaline Championship Wrestling here that kind of this made me think of that he kind of wrestles as if he's his own manager. Hmm. So like he somehow interferes in his own match and stuff like that. It's really kind of weird of what he does, but half of his face is clean shaven and the other half has a beard and he's also shaved half of his head and the other half of his head is balding with like male pattern baldness. Like it's a very interesting look and for an independent wrestler to make that kind of commitment to his look is a very <laughs> strong choice because you know that guy is going to like his day job right he's yeah, he's trying to sell people insurance with half yeah. of his head shaved like half of his face being hairless and the other half is fine and he's like maybe he works at starbucks and he only keeps one side turned towards the counter at all times right so like that guy is dressed like that and like he maybe he's working the McDonald's drive through and only one side faces out the window or something. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know. that'd be great, too, because if you like give somebody shit service, they'd be like, oh, it was the guy in the drive through with the beard. And you can just spin around. It wasn't me. I don't know that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't see right there. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this is this is another just sort of chaotic match. Um, Junkyard Dog gets the chair almost right away and, and smacks the link in the head with it twice. Uh, the crowd is, is super into the dog. Uh, they they love him. He can do no wrong. Um, the link the link gets a lot of good boos from the crowd. They uh, they I yeah. think probably mostly because they just everyone loves Junkyard Dog. Yeah, I mean, Missing Link also tries to impersonate Junkyard Dog. He gets down on all fours and like barks and starts chasing Junkyard Dog and tries to headbutt him, but then. Mm-mm. Junkyard mm-hmm. dog is black, and so therefore his head is impenetrable, just like a Samoan. Um, everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. This is this is pro wrestling lore. It is in yep. the canon that it's if you if yep. you are a minority, your head most likely cannot be injured. It's very hard. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, they're also, yeah. So we get the big headbutts from JYD. He has, has these big old hand bone punches. Um, he throws some good punches, actually. I like, I like yeah. that a lot. Um, and uh, Akbar holds the foot, so Link can get the win. And the first, the refs, you know, the refs count um, count three on the dog, and they're like, oh, you know, the Link one. And then they get together and conf- and reverse their decision. Um, at which point, Link picks up the wooden ring steps and headbutts them hard enough to sound like like you can hear it yeah, on the. It's bad. Like, it sounds really fucking painful. It's like, crack, crack, like twice in a row. Like, and, uh, and then, and then they're off and it's over. The crowd went bananas when <laughs> Link, Missing Link got the pin. Yeah. They, I think the refs had to turn that p- decision just to keep, like, from an actual riot breaking out. Because, <laughs> goddammit, Junkyard Dog can't lose, especially in front of 32,000 in Texas Stadium that's been pounding Lone Stars and sitting out in that <laughs> Texas sun all day. <clears throat> Junk, they did yeah. not come here to see Junkyard Dog lose. That's right. I came here to drink Lone Stars and see the Junkyard Dog win. And I'm all out of Lone Stars. Yeah. Uh, no, fun match. Um, it's funny, uh, Wikipedia actually doesn't have a time on that match. So I don't know if it ever actually official, officially got underway or maybe it's just they couldn't figure it out. No, they don't have the time um, for several of the other matches following yeah, it up after that. So, yeah. They also don't have a time. And I don't I don't have a time for this one. Um, the Rock and Soul, which is uh, convicted sex offender Buck Zumhoff. I just feel like I have to say that. Um, it's important. And the Iceman, King Parsons, who's a 
who's a big old dude. I don't know if we've seen him before versus the super destroyers who are Bill and Scott Irwin. And those guys we've seen before as the long riders. And we've seen them in other combinations. Um, yeah. And they also have Skandar Akbar. Um, apparently Skandar Akbar just manages every fucking bad guy in his whole territory. He's he like the, he's like Texas's answer to uh, Bobby Heenan. Yeah. He's got the Skandar Akbar family. He is all over the show. So yeah, Buck Zumhoff, who we are familiar with from the AWA and his rock and roll gimmick up there, which where he does not use rock and roll music and he continues yeah. not to use rock and roll music where he comes down to, we are family. <laughs> My sister sledge, not decidedly yeah. not a rock and roll tune. No. And not exactly the song that I would connect with Buck Zumhoff. Um, <laughs> And probably now knowing his history, definitely don't want to associate with Buck Zumhoff at all. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason this isn't on the Peacock. No. <laughs> they have Buck Zumhoff on other things. But that they is one, th- one thing I will mention is that I appreciate this not being on the Peacock because then we haven't had their lame ass music overlays of, of copyrighted songs with, with uh, generic uh, ripoffs of them so that we can actually get a sense of what music was used for the event, which me being a music nerd enjoy. Yeah. Um, he's got child molester facial hair and this is, this is many years before he was actually convicted. So again, I feel like we all should have known. Um, so the super destroyers are representing devastation incorporated, which I don't know what that is. And of course the Akbar family or whatever he wants to call it uh rock and soul get the win there's a bunch of nonsense i don't know um did you note anything in this one this is the for the nwa american tag team championship um yeah i mean i thought iceman was doing a little bit of a jyd impersonation um i sorry i just got distracted because you know i made that buck zoomhoff joke about we are family and it turns out that like his second arrest was 12 felony counts of sexual misconduct for sexually abusing his daughter. Oh yeah. Um, so like the first one wasn't necessarily his daughter back in the eighties, but his one in two, in two thousands, that was his daughter that he did. And so, sorry, I got a little distracted and, <laughs> and, uh, yucked out by that. Yeah. That's um, nasty. Yeah. I, I just, mm, I don't know. <laughs> you know, this, this match was all right. It, it was pretty it was all right. You know, I do. I found it also humorous. I mean, I should say that I, I, I watched this match while I was sick with COVID and a little, little out of my mind that the super destroyers tights say super D on them on the side. <laughs> that was, that was cracking yes. me up. Yes. Um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, the refs complete, the ref completely lost control of this match. And then, you know, Buck and ice steal one to become the new champs. <sighs> that's it. Yeah, that's over. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing because uh, you know, here here we come with this thing that I was again, I was kind of hoping that technical technical difficulties would prevent me from seeing it and it is the premiere of the Bad Street music video featuring the incomparable, is that the right word? Um Michael Hayes. Um it's it's a little it's a little hard to describe. Um I found the lyrics and we can read those uh, because I think, you know, it's very important um, for Michael, for us to be able to, you know, share Michael's poetic thoughts with the world. But it's, uh, so it's, it's got two prime, like, 
pieces going on. There's sort of grainy black and white B-roll footage of like Bad Street, which mostly looks just like like black people just kind of hanging out, um, which apparently is is scary to Michael Hayes. Uh, And then there's color, slightly glossier footage of him and his band um, where he's... Uh, I'm I'm just gonna I'm call it singing. I don't know. Um, over like the most basic guitar riff you've you've ever heard in your life. Um, yeah, he's rapping, is which he is he, he, I would I would put it. It's it's. I don't want to use such a proper term as Sprechstimme with with this <laughs> with know. what he's doing. I don't know what that means. Uh, Sprechstimme is like the um, a classical music term for like speaking over music. So you would you uh, would definitely like classify like William Shatner's Rocket Man and stuff like that as Sprechstimme. Okay. This is this is very close to that. He is fluctuating pitch a little bit, so that's why I was like maybe it's a rap, which is kind of ironic for you know what this is. It really has no identity as it's showing footage of people in 80s punk garb as well, which is not what they're going for whatsoever. This is supposed to be kind of like hair metal-ish, but then like there's like people in spiked leather and like punk hair and stuff like that and and leather and stuff. It's like that's not what metal (laughs) or rock and roll looked like at that time. That's exactly what punk is. And then there's like a couple shots of like, you know, black people on the street doing Ooh. stuff, you know, um, must be bad street. Yeah. There's a lot of racist dog whistles in this video. It's bad. Um, yeah. can I read the lyrics yet? Sure. Let's read, let's read some of the lyrics. Cause, <laughs> cause they will really help paint a picture here. Yeah. You guys are will appreciate this. I want to tell you a story about a place you don't want to be. This ain't no home sweet home. It's a home sweet misery. I like that. See what he did there kind of swapped out your expectations we knew when we got here they'd try to put us away but when they seen us walk down the street they ran the other way okay and then we get the the refrain the chorus bad street atlanta ga baddest street in the whole usa bad street nasty and hot the farther down the block you went the badder it got we're doing we're doing the this is this sure that's great this is hot stuff okay verse two you guys ready Second verse, same as the first. Street is a jumpin'. Tonight there'll be a brawl. Old lady McDuffie, she done give the cops a call. So wait, are we in an Irish neighborhood now? When they when they said that line in the video, they went to a picture of a black woman in a window looking out the curtains. <laughs> black Irish, that's a thing, right? That's yeah, different. sure. It's a, we're, we're in Southie, apparently. Um, yeah. Oh, old, yeah, old lady McDuffie, she done give the cops a call. She might as well call the Army or the United States Marines. QB roll footage of... D-Day invasion, by the way. Yeah. Because um, can't nobody handle this bad street scene. And then we get back to the chorus again, which I just, I feel it necessary to read one more time. Bad street, Atlanta, GA. Baddest street in the whole USA. Bad street, nasty and hot. The farther down the block you went, the badder it got. Oh, there's more, there's more verses. Oh, wonder, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, are you holding it? You're holding up okay? You're doing all right? You, uh... I'm trying not to throw up, but let's go. <laughs> 17 punks came calling. That's a very specific number. Yeah. And they thought that they were hot. He, he sure likes the word hot. hot. Uh, they thought that they were nasty and he could likes make nasty it down too. our block. Yeah. But I'll never forget hearing that ambulance driver say, someone should have told those boys about Bad Street USA. 
All right, we're going to take it to the bridge. Uh, so don't you come looking on this side of town, because this is where the free birds live and everything's going down. If you don't know by now, we always get our way. That's the way it is down here. Can you guess where? On Bad Street, USA. Bad Street, and we, USA. And then we get two more shots of the chorus. Uh, we live in the last house on the right. Bad Street, baby. Anytime. That's just a little coda for the for the kids. <clears throat> so there you have it. Bad Street, USA. Michael P.S. Hayes. Track 10 on an album called Off the Streets um, from 1987, by the way. Um, this is the bard of our times. Yeah, so this album also includes um, a cover of How on Wolf's Ain't Superstitious, When the Love Comes Down. I don't know if that's a cover or not. Uh, also, Boys Are Back in Town, which I assume is a cover of the Thin Lizzy song, and in a song called Heartbeat Away. What? Uh, these? Oh, no, these are all written by Michael P.S.A.s. That's what it says. Yeah, they are. He, he wrote this stuff and sang him. Mm. Um, anyway, so that's the thing that happens on this show. Um, yeah. We had to watch it, and now you guys have to hear about it. So there's some other other footage spl- spliced in, which which actually I kind of liked. And it was footage of like the Freebirds doing yeah. stuff. Um, one of them that was the best part. One of them was video footage of Terry Gordy punching out a fan at ringside. Um, nice. Like he, like the fan is in the front row uh, on the on the proper side of the barrier, and is just giving him the business, is yelling at him like a fan would, and. Gordy socks him right in the mouth and the dude drops like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> like he goes backwards on his heels and all the way back down to the ground oh, and yeah. footage. I'm like, I don't think you, you really want to put video of yourself doing that yeah. out there. Okay. Um, and then there's also uh, footage of uh, Michael PSA is wearing his, uh, his Confederate garb, his uh, Confederate jacket. And uh, all I could think of is like, man, I don't really think you would wear that down a bad street in Atlanta. I don't no. think that would be a good move for your life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's not a good move, man. I don't think you've ever actually been to Atlanta. If you think it's okay to wear that. <laughs> I just did a quick search while we're sitting here of Terry Gordy punches fan. Uh, spoiler alert. There's more than one result. Oh, I'm um, sure there is. There's one where a, um, there's one where a fan like steps across the rope and kind of does like this, this hands out thing and does a sort of like hands out thing. Like, what are you going to do? Hit me. And he, uh, and he does (laughs) him so hard back like two rows. Uh, and then he stands up and tries to light a cigarette. Like, Oh, I meant to do that. Um, but the guy's like barely walking at that point. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a thing. It's uh, it's very, I I actually, I like the part with the, Freebirds clips too. There's a there's a clip from a cage match, uh, and they actually they kind of managed to sync it up with like the punching happening in time with the music, yeah, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. So, all right, it was like the editor finally came back from a smoke break. He's like, "This is all <laughs> shit. Let me fix this." And <laughs> he's like, "You guys are just going to loop the the shit that I just did for twenty seconds, right, over the rest of it." And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I cut no. it, print it." <laughs> 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 anyway, Michael Michael Hayes is a is a fucking menace to America. I'm glad I'm glad this era is over. Um, all right, we had a co-main event. You ready to talk about them? Yeah, let's do it. These are some good ones. This is this yeah, is the whole great. show, people. This is you kind of put up with the rest to get to here. Um, so first off, we've got Fritz von Eric 
the patriarch of the Von Erich family with uh, sons Kevin and Mike versus the fabulous Freebirds, which is Buddy Roberts, Michael Hayes, and Terry Gordy. Again, the Freebirds have had various incarnations over the years, including the, one of the Garvins. Uh, this is a six-man tag match for the NWA World Six-Man Tag Team Ch- Championship. You don't have to call it a trio. It's just six-man. It's fine. Um, and uh, It's not yeah. a belt. It's a trophy. They don't have belts. It's really <laughs> yeah. weird. I wonder if yeah. that's because like, it's like, all right, Having to buy two championship belts for the tag teams is a lot of money. Three matching ones, get out of here. Just <laughs> give them a massively huge trophy. Yeah, like a share it. six foot tall trophy. Yeah, they can pass around on the weekends or whatever. So, uh, I mean, the, the crowd is, is just is oh, unbelievable. Um, and Stranglehold oh. is such an amazing entrance song. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that that you know doesn't get overdubbed. Uh, even if Ted Nugent, the person, is garbage, that that song fucking rocks. Um, yeah, it's a good choice for them to come out to. You know, at this time, I guess we probably don't know that Ted Nugent is dirt. Um, that's true. But I had always heard that the Von Erichs are very popular. I'm like, yeah, okay, they're popular. <laughs> but boy, that music hits, and they come out, and that stadium becomes unhinged. Yeah, it's take the biggest like hulk hogan pop you've ever heard mix in a road warrior pop into it and then turn it to 11 and that is what this crowd does because like it's got fritz coming out and it's got the the two boys with him man that family those people love them yeah i've never i've never seen anything like that they were like, they were an institution, you know, and it was sort of, I think, you know, because it was a family thing, it's like, these are your neighbors, right? These are your, you know, the, the, the kids down the street that you've watched grow up. Um, Carrie comes out with them to send them off to the ring, which I thought was really nice. Um, you know, he's, he's proud of them. They're all together. I think there's a lot of that throughout these last two matches, which I think is, is really cool. I, Fritz looks like he could still get down. Like he's, you know, oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a little heavy, but he's wearing like a, a denim shirt and jeans uh, and a belt, which will be very important later. Yeah, this is a come as you are match, <laughs> as they call it. Um, yeah. You wear whatever you want to wear dress. So like one of the Von Erich boys is barefoot. Uh, the other two are in cowboy boots and big old belt buckles. And just everybody's ready to kick some ass. And the Freebirds don't know what's coming at them. Yeah. And before the match even starts, there's chairs flying into the ring and and fighting. And just, I, uh, um, I think Kevin, it's M- Michael Hayes starts bleeding before the match even starts. Uh, Ke- Kevin gets a cut on his hand yeah. um, before, before anything even gets underway. Yeah, so there's blood before the match starts. <laughs> um, and then at some point, the one ref that's in a red shirt, one of the referees jumps in the rings like, I know there's no rules of this match, but there is going to be one rule. You got to tag in and out. It's going to be two men in the ring at a time. That's it. That's it. That's it. If you don't, I'll throw you out and it'll be three again too like and that rule lasts for approximately five seconds yeah it it didn't matter i wrote that down too i said the announcer lays down the lays down the law but let's see how this long how long this actually lasts yeah i'm not entirely sure why buddy and terry are wearing half shirts but again it's the 80s it's a weird time they just saw bad street i just saw the video i I get it you know they're bad they're so bad They want to hang their navel out. No, Jackie yeah. was watching this bit with me, and she said they look like middle-aged moms. 
That's a good description. So I got like perms and uh, anyway. Um, yeah, Kevin Kevin working in bare feet. That was like one of his things that that always tripped me out. Um, they show that in the movie. And it's just like man, that just seems like a recipe for for uh, some broken yeah. metatarsals. Yeah, I don't know how the Samoans do it. I don't yeah. know how uh, Matt Riddle does it. I just no. The very least, you're going to get the athlete's foot. Yeah. Have you ever had that? That shit itches like fuck. Yes, it's horrible. I got that as a teenager because yep. teenagers are disgusting. Um, so at one point, Fritz takes Fritz takes his belt off and just beats the fuck out of Michael Hayes across it's his so back. So great! It's so great! Like, it's my favorite spot on this whole show. I think like a rented mule, and the crowd is just wetting itself. Like they, it's like they bought a ticket specifically to see Fritz whip the shit out of Michael Hayes with a belt. They were so excited when Fritz got tagged in. <laughs> holy uh, shit like that stadium that stadium was the home of the dallas cowboys for ages and yeah. i don't think that stadium ever got that loud for the cowboys as it did yeah. when fritz came in that was nuts um this it's a pretty chaotic pretty fast match uh let's see wikipedia doesn't have a total time on it but i mean it's probably mm, seven minutes every match with the Freebirds is like this that we watch yeah yeah the most controlled one has been that like lash match with the rock and roll express <laughs> that we watched recently yeah. but like the road warriors match with them in chicago fucking nuts like yeah. there's no rules nobody's paying attention to anything you know like so I, it's i guess it's just their thing that this is like people just want to beat the shit out of them so bad that like wrestling I mean, rules don't matter anymore i mean look at them I, yeah it's a good point <laughs> they're lucky they had terry gordy with them all those years otherwise they would have been pulped because like, yeah. terry gordy was the only thing uh he, he, that dude was massive and scary and uh otherwise they would have gotten murdered like every other week um, yeah the crowd does not sit down at all during this match either and then especially when fritz gets the iron claw on both michael hayes and roberts at the same time holy shit like there it's this it's this an orgasmic eruption from the whole yeah. crowd like they can't handle it yeah it's great um there's yeah there's some serious punches being thrown around here too you know they're yeah. uh, big old hand bone punches um so kevin gets a big cross body on on buddy a uh, real quick pin trophy comes out uh and then they get jumped by uh a very stout looking asian dude who's not I first identified and uh, it's actually not identified on the broadcast at all. The announcer keeps saying things like this is the biggest Oriental I've ever laid eyes on. And And this strange and deadly Oriental Kerry comes down and beats him off. (laughs) Wait, back that up. Fights him off. Thank you. Fights him off. Fights Um, him off. That, that, large Asian man is killer Khan, by the way, who actually we just lost a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't get uh, he doesn't get his his due, but you know they were sort of obviously leading up to a future feud with that guy. Also so. known as one of the toughest men in pro wrestling, besides Haku, <laughs> that that guy yeah. apparently was totally open to just whipping anybody's ass. It's terrifying. Um, so yeah, anyway, a chaotic match, but but a really nice uh, you know really nice moment and see the see the boys, see the crowd, just really get behind them. Um, see Fritz still drag his ass in there and and lay the wood 
Uh, yeah, it was a good time. All right, here was a, here's our co-made event, and now I might pee myself a little because this was this was really exciting. This is Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Um, they they tell you up front there's no time limit, and the title can change hands on a DQ, which is very unusual for a title match. I don't trust that Ric Flair boy coming to town. Yeah, I tell you mm-hmm. what, that guy is no good. No. Um, Flair looks incredible as he always does. He's got his blue robe on. Um, the the crowd is is booing like crazy. He keeps stopping mid entrance to like stop and and frown at them, which is great. Um, and he comes out the silence too. Yeah, no music, no music for Flair, and he comes out first. He's the world champion, <laughs> and he comes out first. And everybody, we know what that means. Yeah, we know what that means. So Carrie Carrie comes out to. Uh, to ru- to a rush song but then yeah they switch it over to a really twangy uh country song uh for the fans i guess um tanya tucker is that what you said yeah it was texas by tanya tucker nice um he's wearing this really cool like velvet jacket that says in memory of david on the back in big letters it's it's really nice and um, a big yellow is- rose on it yeah, it's very nice. David was yeah. the Yellow Rose of Texas. Um, this is pre-motorcycle accident for Kerry, so he still has both of his feet, just in case you were wondering at home. Um, my mind is still blown. Uh, we talked about this several weeks ago, but I'm, I just, I'm still not over it. Um, and then we, uh, yeah, then we get underway. Yeah, and the, the uh, announcer lets us know that there are no seatbelts on the chairs at the Texas Stadium, but <laughs> they may need them after this. Hmm. So they're going to go around and install them or what? I guess. And there's a big intense stare down in the middle of the ring before, before either one of them disrobes into their fighting, fighting looks here. And then uh, they are staring down and the crowd is, is getting to a fever pitch. It's such great heat building. The whole place is shaking. And then Von Eric takes off that beautiful jacket and every single woman in that place <laughs> Just loses their panties and all self-control. He is such a stud. Like he is just like a so such a total package. We've talked about this before. He had he had everything. You know, he had sort of like the baby face good looks. He had the hair. He had the body. He was he was tall. He was like rangy. Um, he really, you know, that that family just yeah. The octave of the crowd cheer jumped <laughs> two. It jumped two octaves. Yeah. When when he took off that jacket, because all the ladies has lost it. Rich is a music theory guy, so you can trust him if he tells you what up to actors. The 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 basic look of of Carrie Von Eric, I would say, would be, I don't know, like a bit like he looks a bit like Matt Riddle, yeah. um, but a, but probably eighty pounds heavier of all muscle. Yeah, and just. He's got definitive cheekbones and a strong, strong jawline and long blonde hair. Like the dude is beautiful. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you straight up. Yeah. He's he's a beautiful man and he is in impeccable condition. You can't get any more muscular or masculine looking than this guy. Yeah. So he would have been... What is this? He would have been about 24 here, which is ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and you have Ric Flair at this time. And this is the time period where Ric Flair is talking about how he's taking all the women to Space Mountain and Mm -hmm. leaving them them in puddles and stuff like that. (laughs) And 
But you know, <laughs> if you put you put Rick next to Carrie Von Eric, Rick Flair just looks like an old man. Mm-hmm. He is not. He does not look studly whatsoever next to him. There's no way he would ever be able to pull off any kind of talk like that in any kind of showdown with Kerry Von Eric on in, the microphone. In, uh, in Texas, yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, let's see. So Flair was born in 49. So what to 89 would have been 40. So he's mid-30s here. Uh, 34-ish, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, he does look much, especially just, especially next to Carrie, he just looks much, much older. Um, this is a pretty conventional flair match, I would say. Um, yeah. A lot of back and forth. Flair sells like crazy. He does the, you know, he flips over the turnbuckle. He gets the, he, Carrie picks him off the top rope and uh, does a big old overhead slam, which is pretty cool. Um, he gets the uh, iron claw on uh, Flair and Flair breaks it with a low blow. Um, so that's you know that's dastardly. Uh, the crowd the crowd is just going nuts with him the whole time. Yeah, just... and again in this match, nobody is sitting down. People, you can literally see people chewing on their nails <laughs> in anticipation and nervousness during this match in the crowd. I've I can't. There's I can't. I've never seen anything like this with a crowd before. Yeah, yeah. it's like they are so invested and they so love Carrie. Yeah. Um, at one point, Flair throws Carrie out of the ring through the second rope and he hits the floor hard and a, a female fan jumps over the ropes and tries to come and help Carrie get back up and security <laughs> comes swarming in and the camera turns away and stuff like that. So you don't see it. And then all you see is him rolling back into the ring. Yeah. But I'm sure that woman is getting like the business on the side there from security for doing that. Terry Gordy um, came out and punched her in the mouth. Probably. <laughs> But everybody's on pins and needles in this match yeah. and the crowd just, it never gets quiet. Yeah. It never, the crowd never settles down during this match. You know how like during longer matches or anything like that, the crowd, you know, the crowd heat, you know, all right, we've, we've been, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to sit down. Yeah. Well, I'll jump back up when the match is over. You know, no, that doesn't happen with this. This crowd stays amped through the whole thing. You know, I will say Carrie is, Carrie's all right in the ring. Like, you know, he's very athletic and stuff, um, but I don't, you know, I don't, to me, yeah. there's not a whole lot that really makes him, you know, stand out. It's, it's, it's entirely about the sort of the look and the package and that, you know, that's, that's part of the business, right? So that's, that's not a knock on him at all. Um, and the, even the finish is a little bit, um, I don't know, it's, it's a little it's bit. It's a little uh, humdrum. Yeah. yeah, it is. He just, he gets a backslide basically. Uh, and then the crowd, of course, goes nuts because he's he's the new NWA champion, at least for 18 days. Uh, but all the brothers come in uh, for a big old group hug, and they're all in the corner. I, it's very nice. It's very emotional. You can even see a young Chris Von Erich there who must have been like, I don't know, how old's that kid? Maybe eight at the time. Probably, yeah. Um, and and then the whole locker room comes out, um, you know, so clearly it, it means a lot to the whole, uh, not just the family, but the whole promotion, and obviously the whole fucking place and that part of texas yeah uh, they just uh yeah they're there for it it was the literally the world's slowest championship count too it was like <laughs> he lands into the backslide and then the ref lays down and then it's a one two three like <laughs> jesus man come on it's not very believable when the count is that slow yeah. uh that you got and like honestly you know i just watched the finish to their rematch in japan 
and the finish is is very similar. Carrie goes to um uh, I guess like sunset flip flare into a into a pin and um Flair just keeps the rolling momentum going and sits on Carrie's legs and his shoulders stay down, but they're kind of in the ropes and the ref calls it three count and that's the win and that's it. Mm. So it's like a very like anticlimactic finish too. Cause like that was very slow motion. I like, again, I think it really shows Flair's ability to make other people look so good. Yeah. Cause I mean, we didn't see anything spectacular out of Carrie in this match. Mm-mm. but he looks like a million bucks because Ric Flair makes him look like a million bucks. Well, and even after the win or well, the loss in Flair's case. So he, he lets all the, you know, the camera is obviously over there on the, on the family and that's, you know, that's where it needs to be, but he doesn't just like, you know, slink off. He sort of stands over to the side and he looks furious and he's like cussing and spitting and stuff, but not so much that you would like, draw attention away from the main event. Right. Which is right. Which is the boys. Um, and then he does come back, you know, after they let, he lets them have their moment, they come back together at the center of the ri- center of the ring. And he tells Carrie, he says, I'll be back. And he says, you're going to be in trouble. You can call your brothers. You can call whoever you want, but I'll be back. Um, and so like, I thought that was a really cool kind of way to, way to wrap it up. You know, I think that, that sort yeah. of thing is, has gotten lost in wrestling these days. I think you just, you don't see people like selling it like that. It's sort of like, no. well, we had the match that's over everybody goes back to the locker room or whatever, but like, yeah, like, like not treating it like a sporting event. Like, yeah. After like, just like the super bowl, that was this past weekend, you know, yeah. you saw the 49ers being upset at, that they, yeah. that they lost on that last play of the game. And so in this situation, flair loses to a backslide. That's kind of a weird situation. And, you know, you see his disappointment, you see the champion's former champion's frustration, and then you see him confronting because he comes over and says, now, look, there won't be any trouble today. First, that's the first thing he says. There won't be any trouble today because like he's because he's kind of interrupting the family's celebration. But he tells him that he's not coming over to pick a fight or anything, just that he's coming back. You know, and that you he's going to get that belt back. And well, he did, you know, yeah. he's a man of his word. Um, but yeah, Flair just makes makes the situation better. Yeah. He made Carrie look legitimate. He made uh, and on the same grounds as Ric Flair, which then also elevates the WCCW up some here. And yeah. so it's and with the names that we saw on this card, it's no wonder that like after Kerry wins, Jim Crockett is like, well, you know, when we get that belt back, the belt's not leaving here anymore. Yeah. It was great. It was a, it was a good finish. It was very, um, it just, I don't know. It just felt like, uh, it felt complete. You know what I mean? Like it felt yeah. like it was a, it was a whole story sort of wrapped in, the in what, you know, however long that whole thing took eight minutes, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was really nice. So, um, so would, would you say that was your favorite match or would you say the tag match was your favorite? I think the the six man tag with the yeah. Von Erics and the Freebirds was my favorite match, <laughs> um, just because there's just, there's just so much going on. It's yeah. there's so much to look at. It's like a, a car wreck and a beautiful opera happening all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my favorite too. Um, I'd say the least favorite was probably the Rock and Soul thing, mostly because I had to look at Buck Zumoff. I don't like that guy. Um, I did like uh, Iceman Parsons there. He was all right. Um, yeah, I think my worst match, probably Junkyard Dog versus Missing Link. Yeah. I think there was just so much going on. I And like, 
I always feel like junkyard. We don't get enough junkyard dog match in a match. I feel yeah. like it feels very short. And I don't know if that's just because of like his personal troubles with substances is keeping that happening, keeping, you know, keeping him down. Like, do we need to watch some show from the late seventies instead? So we see him a bit closer to his prime or what? Yeah. But yeah, I always feel like his matches, I always feel like he gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like um, to an extent, like that was what he wanted to do, right? He wanted to show up, do his like, I don't know, three or four minutes, do the crawling headbutt thing, get the win, call it a day. You know, he didn't, he didn't bump that much. He didn't like, yeah. he wasn't out there doing anything crazy. He was just like, this is me. And he was almost sort of like, he just, he was selling the the personality rather than the in-ring work, which is, which is totally valid. And that worked, you yeah. know, that was people turned out in droves uh, in new Orleans, you know, week after week after week to see him just be the junkyard dog. So, um, but yeah, that you, we, there's not a whole lot. And it's hard to almost understand if you weren't in that time and in that place, like what the big, what the big deal is, you know? Yeah. Like if we didn't have, other contexts here you'd just be like why is the crowd going nuts for this guy he's out here for three minutes he barks and then he leaves and then like and like but like we've seen him with when like the wrestling classic you know that wwf store the tournament thing we watched him win that but like one of his matches was a bye and then at the end he faced the macho man that was like devastated from three other matches in that night and just was a mess. And so I don't know. I feel like we get the short end of the stick of seeing junkyard dog all the time. And so I think that's where I'm going to sit on that one. I mean, there were several oh shit moments here. I think having to watch that Michael Hayes video was, was probably mine. Hmm. Um, I'm still kind of mad about it. I think the, uh, the moment where was it, was it Kevin Von Eric's um, belt buckle? He like, pulls a guy's head into his crotch to hit him with the belt buckle that he had on. Uh, I think I was like, that was pretty cool. (laughs) For some reason that, that got me. Uh, It might've been the, the COVID meds. It might've been, I don't know, lack of sleep, but uh, I thought that one, I thought that little spot was kind of, Oh shit ish for me. Um, Besides when uh, Michael Hayes took off his boot and started hitting Kevin over the head with it. Everything in that match was looked so freaking stiff that I I couldn't tell if it was just a real shoot fight or <laughs> or what. So yeah. no, it was a it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, overall, I think you know pretty uh, worthwhile show. You check it out. You can find it on YouTube. Search for Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions, nineteen eighty four, Texas Stadium. It it pops right up. We got a long in memoriam list for this time, as we as we always do. We like to take a moment to pay tribute to the men and women we've seen who are no longer with us. Uh, our in memoriam section for Parade of Champions from 1984 includes uh, most of the Von Erich family, unfortunately. Carrie Von Erich, Fritz Von Erich, Mike Von Erich, Chris Von Erich, who, like I said, you see at the end there, he's like maybe eight. Um, Doris Smith Atkinson, who was... Um, the boy's mom and married to uh, Fritz for for a long time, uh, and David Von Erich, of course, who we don't see on the show, but he's he is his presence is felt or his absence is felt. Uh, Buddy Roberts, Terry Gordy, Scott Irwin, Junkyard Dog, the missing link. His real name was Dewey Robertson. Uh, Mr. James Harris, aka Kamala, Skandar Akbar, Gary Hart, Butch Reed, 
Gentleman Chris Adams and Killer Khan all make the list this time around. All right, so that's our show for today. We appreciate you listening. Uh, you can always find us on the wrestlingarchives.com. Uh, you can find us on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. You can find us on uh, ko-fi.com slash wrestlingarchives. If you want to shoot us the cost of a cup of coffee to help support the show, we certainly appreciate that. We have a tea Public store. Just look for Wrestling Archives. You can get our cool new branded merchandise and T-shirts. Rich got a shirt. looks pretty rad. We'll, have, we'll be back with some more... Uh, review shows we're hoping to talk to uh, the greek god papadon himself from uh, vcw here in the near future we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about um rich anything else for today mm, don't get covid it sucks <laughs> again yeah the yeah. second time around with it was far worse and since i was the only one sick in the house i had to lock myself in the guest bedroom folks and uh you've seen shawshank redemption that yeah. picture of that that's what was happening in my mind um, that's awful yeah anyways i hope you can tunnel out of there soon and join your family um hope it doesn't involve crawling through uh, actual human feces eh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Paxlovid. <laughs> yeah yeah thank you Paxlovid. Yeah. yeah all right fans we will check you next time thanks for listening bye-bye